0: This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.podcast.co for previous episodes.
1: So let's say that you've just played Fire Emblem Three Houses, and now you're hungry to go play some of the older Fire Emblem games. You've heard good things about Path of Radiance, and so you decide that you will take out your old GameCube and track down a copy of Path of Radiance. After asking around at every GameStop and getting subsequently laughed out of every GameStop in town, you decide that it might be better to look online for a copy. So you hit good old Amazon and you give it a search. You see that the only three copies of Path of Radiance are $300. The most expensive one is $600 and is in mint condition. Now you want to be a paying customer. You'd happily pay a Nintendo 60 bucks to play Path of Radiance even though it's an old game. But Nintendo isn't selling it. These $300 copies of the game are your only option. And yet, even just as a matter of principle, that's not a price you're willing to pay. Particularly when the devs won't even see a dime of the proceeds. So now you have a dilemma. You can't get a physical copy for a reasonable price, and it's not for sale anywhere digitally. So, the only reasonable option you have here is to download an illegal copy of a game, a ROM. You know where to get it, you just don't like the idea of it. After all, you're a lie-abiding citizen and you like to pay for your art. But they've given you no option to. So, maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but go ahead and download the damn ROM. Hey, Genre. Hey, Nicole. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. This week, we'll be talking about piracy, and more specifically about the ethics of piracy. Theoretically speaking, because neither of us has ever pirated anything a day in our lives. I have 25 subscriptions live currently, so I never have to pirate anything. It's an enormous economic strain.
0: 50, get on my level.
1: (laughs) We can't eat. Exactly. We can't afford food. Or light. That's it. Damn right. I mean, I have to feed my dog before I feed myself, and she's the only one that eats. <laughs> if you um haven't already noticed, we don't necessarily think that piracy is a huge problem. And there is a case for that. We don't just love crimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. We love some crimes.
1: I love a lot of crimes. Yeah. I would not commit them. <laughs> no. So do you want to lay out the case or should I?
0: Um, I actually want to say one quick thing. It was uh, that was funny. Just before we started recording, we were talking about the subject and you're like, so are you ready to disagree with me? And I'm like, why? You said, I uh, don't you not like piracy? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I was going to start this uh, podcast off with, "Are you ready to disagree with me?" Um like, no, <laughs> but it didn't but it didn't pan out that way because he agrees with me.
0: Yeah, we both looked up the same studies.:
1: <laughs> So to um couch our argument, let's um go over the argument of people who really hate piracy a lot. Mm. Their argument is... When you pirate things, you're stealing revenue from the artist. Therefore, it is wrong to pirate because you're taking money out of the artist's hands. And also stealing is wrong. Piracy is not a victimless crime.
0: You wouldn't you wouldn't download a car, would you?
1: Yes. Damn right. <laughs> I would download the fuck out of a car unironically. But anyways, this argument seems pretty standard at first glance. I mean, stealing is wrong. You shouldn't pirate shit because it's just morally unethical and because people need to make money in order to live. And right. um to some degree this is a valid argument. There are some people who if you pirate their work, you legitimately hurt them. However, for the vast majority of media, piracy is in fact a victimless crime. Or rather, the victim is a massive corporation who doesn't need that money that much from you. When I pirate, theoretically, and I don't pirate music, this is true. I don't. So if I were to pirate, say, Kanye west album because the music slap, but his personality don't, <laughs> I would be taking money out of Kanye West's pocket. However, kanye is rich really fucking rich
0: so rich
1: so goddamn rich
0: buy an island rich
1: and there's nothing that any individual actors could do in order to seriously affect his success economically speaking in a study from launch leap they surveyed a sample group of millennials 18 to 35 in i think this was in 2018 and mm-hmm. the study showed that around half of millennials of this age pirate stuff so that means that there's an entire half of like this gigantic demographic that doesn't even account for like the boomers or the zoomers that doesn't pirate things or does it admit to it at least and that's pretty good In the numbers of people who listen to Kanye West's music, half of his audience is enough to line his pockets a thousand times over. Similarly, if you pirate a Disney movie, Disney will hurt for nothing because they sell a lot of fucking movie tickets and a lot of DVDs. They don't care if you pirate it. I mean, theoretically they do, but also you're not personally going to sink the industry by pirating things
0: if if only if honestly
1: (laughs) if pirating could could shut disney down i would say go to this is a call to action but it's not so don't do it and it wouldn't the
0: only reason why disney cares about piracy is to protect their brand and to protect their copyright that's that's the only reason
1: that's the only reason why any company cares about it really that's right but in this You come to our second tier of an argument. The majority of people who pirate media tend to be pretty big consumers of media through legal means. For instance, your friend who has like 5011 roms on his computer that he downloaded from insert rom site here probably buys a lot of games. His steam account probably has a lot more games than yours and that's because people who pirate shit tend to like media a lot and that coincides with the number about 70 percent of people report that they would rather access media without stealing without piracy people generally want to pay for the media they consume and enjoy when they don't there are two things going on or three number one they can't afford it and If you can't afford it, you shouldn't get to watch it or consume it or whatever, but I don't care. Yes, you should. (laughs) Let the poor people play Call of Duty. Number two, they can't access it. So there's a game that I personally love called Zoid's Legacy. It was a Game Boy game, a Game Boy Advance game. It came out a long time ago, and back then... The Zoid's IP was the intellectual property of a company that was absorbed into another. And then the company that developed Zoid's Legacy no longer exists, I believe. And there's no way that Zoid's Legacy will ever be released for purchase ever again.
0: It's just in purgatory.
1: It's in purgatory. It exists. Yeah. You know it exists. And the only way that anybody will ever be able to play it is either through the physical copies that exist or through ROMs. And in that instance, there's no way to buy it. So nobody's losing money anyways. If you don't make a product available, but somebody else does, it's unfair to ask them not to buy that product <laughs> because you can't be helped to bring the product out. Like That's right. And if there's a cost analysis involved, which I believe there is, what's the fucking point? You're not losing money. The only person who makes money on uh, gray market sales of any sort of media are the people who are passing the physical copies around. That's right. The uh, company that, d- that made the product never sees a dime. There's no point in paying some schmuck. 90 for a game unless you just want to have it as a collector
0: this is something that I feel very strongly about uh, when I hear about people pirating there's archiving there are games, there are TV shows there are movies that you just can't get it's just they're, they're out of print uh, There's the companies that own the copyright have no reason to, re- to re-release them uh, because they've done the cost analysis and they said no, nope, you know what? It's gonna cost too much to have this in market. So, uh, there are there are TV shows that were amazing, that were pieces of art that you just wouldn't be able to get legally, and you have to if you want to watch them, if you want to experience that art, then you'll have to watch them illegally. Yeah, and that is the only way that you can watch these things that people have put so much love and so much work into that's the only way because yeah. the last release was on on DVD in like 1998.
1: Yes. And working off of that point, there's a similar phenomena in the games industry and also in another branch of like the TV industry and like the anime industry. The anime industry didn't always look like what it looks like today we get a lot of stuff in the united states through crunchyroll and uh, verve and other streaming sites that didn't exist 10 or 20 years ago and we didn't get a lot of anime and we didn't get the best version of a lot of anime mm. we'd get really trashy for kids translations that changed <laughs> the the order that things aired in or like the general concepts you'd get the worst product or for instance, in the game industry, you have Mother 3, a Nintendo IP. It was a Game Boy Advance game. It's in the Mother it's the third entry in the Mother series, also known as Earthbound. That game fans have been asking for since it came out in Japan, and throughout the years, even though huge numbers of people have signed petitions stating like I'll buy this if you put it out. Mhm. Nintendo hasn't done it. And there's an entire fan translation of Mother 3 that's actually available online, there's nothing illegal about it because they're not giving you the ROM, they're just distributing the um, English patch, so if you were to buy Mother 3, like the Japanese version, which I definitely have because I've played Mother 3, the people who did the fan translation said all Nintendo has to do is contact us and say we're going to release Mother 3. We want you to stop distributing this. And they would stop distributing it. And even more so that they've made their incredibly accurate and incredibly good and complete fan translation available for Nintendo to take and use for their own purposes. Nintendo just hasn't done it. It would be pretty simple just to, like, release that. They could have released that on Virtual Console on the Wii U. It cost them nothing It costs them nothing or like nothing or very little in R&D. But in either of these cases, you're never going to play a lot of the games from your childhood, which you enjoyed through legal means and definitely not in the form factor that you want, even if they know that they would make money from it for some reason that is entirely arcane to the naked eye. I'm sure there's a reason. And so in this situation, getting back to our list, availability is a huge reason why people pirate things if you don't make a product available to people but they want to play it either for nostalgia or they want to save it for the sake of archiving and keeping a historical document of the games that will eventually cease to exist games don't last forever physically speaking the the cartridges once the battery goes they could corrode most people don't remove those from the cartridges. And furthermore, you're dealing with a physical cart. Shit happens to that. So the only way to preserve those is through digital form.
0: Plus the, the machines that play those carts, they, they deteriorate as well. You know what? Perfect example, 8-Track. If you have your favorite 8-Track cassette, or if you have Laserdisc disc. And there was something that was only released on Laserdisc. And you have the, the media. You just can't find a thing to play it on, and a thing to play it on that would actually allow you to hook it up to a TV or something. What do you do? Exactly. It's never been released legally, uh, other than on Betamax, you know? <laughs> this is actually an issue in the, with big fans of Star Wars, because all of the copies of Star Wars that you can legally obtain are the versions with, that have been changed from the original filming. So if you want to watch Star Wars, like the original Star Wars, which is a cultural touchstone, if you want to watch it in its original form, you, you can't unless you have a VHS, a laser disc, or the original 35mm film. It's it's crazy.
1: Yeah. And also this is to say nothing of the fact that media conglomerates are notoriously bad at keeping up with like the um the current technology. Well, with preserving their media. So yes. like in terms of the film industry, we have probably about fifty percent of the films that were ever made. Fifty percent are lost to history. There was a gigantic fire in Universal Studio in the twentieth century early on, and we lost A lot of films in that they don't exist the only way that it could conceivably come out would be if somebody were to find it in their um attic or some shit yeah
0: there have been a lot of uh people that have run theaters in the past that just kept prints of of movies uh because they just the way that worked is they sent out the prints of the movies they they played them and then the company was like cool that's it So they just have print, like some people just have prints of these amazing movies just in their attic. Yeah. Just collecting dust and literally, literally crumbling. They don't exist anywhere.
1: They don't, yeah. And if you were to take that and you were to try and upload it online so more people could enjoy this thing that this company probably didn't even knew existed, they might come after you for that. So yeah, while archiving is
0: incredibly important obviously uh there is still more about the preservation of the original piece of art and i think there's a example that you wanted to bring up
1: neon genesis yeah that's it the seminal piece of weeaboo culture close to all of our hearts yay god
0: weeaboo culture by the way (laughs) yes uh can you explain weeaboo culture to the peoples Americans don't that, know.
1: Americans that, like, animate a little bit too much. Got it. All right. Neon Genesis was licensed for a long time. I don't know the specifics. And then, for a while, it was not licensed in the United States. Which means that the only way to watch Neon Genesis, if you weren't buying a copy off the gray market, would be to pirate it.
0: And we should say that the gray market, when we, when we refer to the gray market, it means secondary sellers, so buying it off eBay or something like that.
1: This is an important piece of anime to everybody who has a passing interest in the subject. It's, the, it's arguably the most important anime ever created.
0: It's a seminal work, and it's, and it's really uh, uh, affected or um, inspired anime since. Yeah. In in the decades since.
1: Yeah, it's like very important. For a while, this was a licensed uh, series in the United States. There was a good translation that kept most of the uh, queer connotations between Shinji and Kawaru. And with the Netflix adaptation, they removed all mentions of... Kawaru and Shinju's overt romantic feelings for one another, they were one step short of getting down in the shower room. It was very overt. This is a pretty big deal to one of the most important anime to ever be created. And thus, the Netflix version is straightforwardly much worse than the adaptation of the TV show that is no longer available. The best version can only be pirated. And honestly, I don't see a problem with pirating the superior version to the clearly, objectively so, worse version that's also kind of homophobic on Netflix. Mm. If you can't be helped to offer a product as good as the one that you can obtain for free, why should anybody pay for it? Yeah. That goes back to why people prefer watching Netflix to watching, like, any one of the, uh... TV show sites that you can pirate off of. The viewing experience on those websites is terrible. It's piss poor. Full of viruses. Full of viruses. It's disgusting. If at all possible, nobody wants to do that. And what helps is that Netflix also is a really good viewing experience. It keeps track of what you were watching. It makes it really easy to find your place or like... Go back and watch other things, and it also suggests new things for you to watch based upon what you've already watched. It makes it nice and pleasant to watch things. And the quality is great. Yeah. That's not. Whereas these other sites that I don't know the name of, I've never been to one, are unpleasant, difficult to watch, low quality, but free. So it's pretty easy to beat them if you're the legal owner to the IP. All you have to do is beat them. Just beat them. But a lot of places don't like competing with the free alternative. They rather stomp it out of existence, even if it's not that hard to. And that brings us to Nintendi, the behemoth. The weirdest about copyright laws in the entire gaming industry. Um, Nintendo is one of the weirdest companies on earth. It's, it is. It's so strange. They protect their intellectual property and their quote-unquote brand viciously. So, a lot of people really love Nintendo intellectual properties and decide to make fan projects, and a lot of these are Pokemon fan projects, and they want to share them with the community, so they advertise them a little bit. And if Nintendo catches wind of this, they will viciously go after these little dudes who are just literally giving out a fan project with the uh, Pokemon property that normally are pretty fucking chill. Like, it's not pornographic, obviously. It's not really hurting the brand. It's just giving people more things to consume.
0: That's right. There's a game called Pokemon Uranium, and it's a completely fan-made game. It doesn't use any of the real... Um, It might use a sum of the art assets of the original pokemon games um but it is completely new story completely new pokemon uh it's just in the pokemon style yeah and nintendo just went after them
1: yeah or there is a game called pokemon prism which was a crack of the old pokemon silver or gold um games but like it retooled them completely and it created a completely different game from the assets available um and it was going to release on christmas and then nintendo issued the cease and desist order on christmas oh no on christmas eve (laughs) oh no which is just a little tidbit for you all it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about directly but Mm. it's cartoonishly (laughs) evil yeah um and the thing is nintendo might not want to compete with these other games because they kind of know um there's more passion than thought in these games maybe <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I'm not saying anything about Nintendo here. Um I really like Nintendo. I'm sitting here surrounded by my Switch, my 3DS, my Super Nintendo Mini. I fucking love Nintendo. But they do have this weird thing about piracy. So, in conclusion, piracy is a victimless crime. It um truly affects nobody. People pirate things for lack of availability or because they're poor or because the product that's being offered to them legally sucks ass compared to the one that they can get for free and it just seems like it doesn't matter um that much but i've talked a lot <laughs> <laughs> i think about this a lot thoughts genre
0: i think that you summed a lot of it up uh, uh especially broad strokes, like very well Something uh, else I want to bring up, and a lot of the information that we're going to be talking about or that we have been talking about, if you look in the description of the podcast, there are going to be links in if for more information to studies and everything like that. So if you're interested in learning more, please uh, be sure to look there. One of those links is going to be to a site talking about a study with Harvard lawyers. There was a study on the Harvard campus for... Uh, lawyers that are taking a master's program and they asked those lawyers uh is it ethically acceptable to pirate and most of them said yes it's fine if it's for personal use or educational use not for and they were very they were very against commercial use which i'm very me too i, I very much uh, agree with if you're going to pirate a movie and then show it to a crowd of people and charge money for it don't do that yeah. That's that's No, don't do that. There's a reason there are IP rights. Mm-hmm. And that is why there are IP yeah. rights. That is exactly why.
1: I had a uh, massive uh, caveat that I wanted to mention on the same thing. I'll let you finish, though.
0: So, most of them were fine with pirating. And, like we said before, there have been multiple studies about people that pirate, why people pirate. It's because people can't afford it. For the most part, it's because there are 15 streaming sites that are that are on, on that we all pay for, that we both pay for multiple it's, times it's over. It's
1: extraordinarily stressful on my family.
0: Yeah, we can barely feed our cats here, but, you know, we need to follow these laws, clearly. Rule but, of
1: law! <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with be, it.
0: Yeah, because we're incredibly, like, with the rule of law here
1: very law-abiding oh yeah yeah
0: to a fault really Mm -hmm. but the the other thing uh is everybody and i'm sure that everybody listening to this podcast right now no matter how old you are you have pirated something if you've recorded music off of the radio if you've used a vcr to record television to watch later that's pirating Now, when you were doing that, did you feel bad about that? Were you thinking that, oh, I'm hurting the the artists and the TV stations when you were doing that? Or were you just saying, I'm not home? Like, and this is for the olds out there. uh, (laughs) I'm not home and I want to watch this this show or I want to listen to this music or I want to make this mixtape. And that's what i'll do it the The thing is this whole thing about pirating came about when it became easier to to do that with larger scale works and mm-hmm. and to share it with other people much easier I think a a big thing that we all have to think about when we're thinking about piracy and' we're, and honestly, they chose a really bad word for piracy because pirates were. Uh, pretty pretty awesome, and we really would have dope. our country without pirates. So dope. <laughs> we literally would not have have our country without pirates. Look it up, read a book. So, <laughs> I think uh, uh that it's just that media companies and people that produce large like this these massive media conglomerates they they're not worried so much about. You stealing and you hurting specific people or, like, specific artists. They want to control the art that we see. How we see things, how we experience them. Yeah. And that going back to the Star Wars example, George Lucas, when he remade the Star Wars, the original trilogy of Star Wars, he said, Well, we didn't have the technology to do this gobbledygook, putting everything on the screen back then. So this is what the movie's supposed to be like now. This is the art. This is my vision. And so that means he basically took away the original version of Star Wars that people that people fell in love with that people love watching that people shared with their children and that that literally brought families together and that isn't about that isn't really about sharing or or making sure that people can experience art that is controlling how art is viewed and that is terrible
1: yeah and here's a quick note maybe I shouldn't have to say this but uh don't pirate from indies. When we talk about piracy being ethical, we're talking about stealing from big fucking companies. That's right. Because they don't feel that. It's like a pinprick on a killer whale. It does not matter to them. However, for indies, it does.
0: Uh, if you pirate a game that de- that a small studio reaps the profits from, and it doesn't go through like Microsoft, and it doesn't go through uh nintendo or something if it's just like a small studio if you buy the game then that goes to that studio don't pirate that
1: don't pirate yeah don't pirate any indies on on any level though like even if it's on a switch or you're getting it through steam don't do it, because they need that money. This is their literal livelihood.
0: I mean, plus, with, in, with indie... And when we say indies, we mean independent game um, producers, independent game studios, independent studios that, film studios, independent films, independent animators, comics, um, whatever. Oh, comics, yeah. Uh, in this day and age, if you're an independent producer, music, there I... um On my other podcast, Press Start to Continue, I play a lot of independent music. And... I make sure not to pirate any of that because those artists are getting money directly if I buy that on Bandcamp or on iTunes or whatever. But if you want, if if you want to get that stuff in this day and age, you can. There's the the archiving thing is not a uh, as much of a factor. the The amount of of money that people are getting is a factor. Like the the reasons that we gave at the beginning those don't really apply to independent
1: art. They don't apply at all, especially since the majority of this independent art that has bloomed in the age of the internet exists primarily digitally. Therefore, we have far less of a chance of it being lost. You do not need to download that shit illegally. Pay for it or save up for it, with the exception of games that are, again, unavailable. That's right. But make sure to support them in another way
0: one thing we can say about independent artists if they if they don't put their music if they don't put their their uh short films or anything on in a way that can be archived then maybe uh a few years ago myspace uh was trying to transfer their information to new servers and they lost like half of their information There were a lot of independent bands that never released their music, that never put anything of any of their music up unless it was except on MySpace. Because it was a big music platform back then. And now all that music's gone. It's just gone.
1: Jesus Christ. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, it's
0: just gone. And it was a very, very sad day. Because after MySpace, you know went downhill and justin timberlake bought it or something they reformatted themselves made sure that they uh were very accessible to artists and that is the before Bandcamp. that was the way that artists could share their music easily they Mm -hmm. everybody uploaded their music to myspace you could play it it was very friendly for music and this was like three years ago four years ago at this point and it's just now it's just gone yeah uh and though like the bands might have broken up the the masters of they don't indie bands don't have masters they have like mp3 recordings those are those might be on like dusty computers if the music and some of it is in incredible music it's just gone
1: yeah and that's really a damn shame i shouldn't have to
0: say this but piracy isn't completely unethical
1: it's pretty ethical
0: Now is the time of the show where we talk about happy things, joyful things, wondrous things. Nicole, what is good in your life?
1: I realized today as I was at the gym pumping iron um, that I've been offline a lot lately.
0: Nicole is incredibly
1: chat I started working out two months ago and I work out twice a week. I'm jacked, bro. Nice. But I've been off- offline a lot haven't spent as much time on twitter i have been spending a lot of time on youtube but generally i've been throwing myself into more leftist literature and content and video games and my family and friends and that has been really good for my mental health being online sucks and the world is really rough and things are really amplified online and though it's difficult to not feel a little bit guilty when you're not tuned in 24-7 on the no doubt terrible things that are happening on a daily basis, that little bit of time for myself has been quite liberating, actually. So that's um, what's good in my life. How about you, Jonra?
0: What's good in my life is the fact that art exists.
1: Hallelujah.
0: If you've been listening to the episodes, I watch like TV, movies, I play video games, lots of stuff involving screens. And uh, it really, it's, it's, it, like you said, uh, it's a mental break. It is, it is something that you can consume. You can, it's something that can engage you that is, can be joyful. It can be sad. It can be, thoughtful there are some shows that i watch that i call uh uh inspiration porn basically um it's these shows that uh at the end someone makes like a grand speech about how things are are getting better and okay and i'm like yeah that's right everything's gonna be okay you know (laughs) And it's really, and even if uh, those aren't, like, really based in reality, even if, if, if courtrooms don't really work that way, or if, whatever, if science doesn't work, it just means that it's something that can, you, can, you can let sink in, you can let yourself feel something other than existential dread from the world around you. And I highly suggest everybody find a thing that they enjoy. Just like Nicole is is uh, taking a break from online and, and exercising, or I'm uh watching TV that uh gives me hope. Find something like that and make that your happy thing.
1: Yes, God.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been I Shouldn't Have to Say This. Uh, you can find us at saythiscast.pinecast.co. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. And surprisingly, you can email us at SayThisCast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Nicole, where can we find you online?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. That's with the number three or you can visit my website, blackgirlgaming.com.
0: You can find me on Twitter at PressStartLock, and you can find uh, my music show that I mentioned earlier, uh, Press start to continue at StartToContinue.com. The music under today's story was by Light Breeze from the Dream Easy Collective, and our theme song is by Mustin. If you'd like to buy those songs, you can find the links to both of those bands in the description below. I shouldn't have to say this is a collaboration between blackgirlgaming.com and Planetside Podcast. Find more podcasts at planetsidepodcasts.com.
1: Hey, Jonah. Hey, Nicole. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Drunk and bloated. And everyone, welcome. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <And> god. I- <laughs> you want me to re-record that? Yes. Okay. It's not good. Hey, <laughs> Jono.